Let me tell you a little something about Anchor. This is, of course, where we're hosting this podcast, and the best thing about it is it is free, so it's not costing our church a dime. They have tools right there on the website that I can upload the sermons, I can record a quick little introduction, and put it out there. Anchor distributes everything for me. They've got it on Spotify, they've got it on Apple, they've got it on Google, they've just sent it everywhere. Uh, We're actually able to have no minimum listenership required for us to have some money put in by doing these advertisements that we can put right into the church. So if you want to make a podcast and you're not sure how to get started, just go to anchor.fm and you can also download their free Anchor app and it'll have everything you need to get started right away. So why are you wasting time? Get after it. If you want to start your podcast, anchor.fm is an easy and quick way to get started. Hello and welcome to the Moment of Truth Bible Baptist Church podcast, where we are listening to sermons from our pastor, Philip Kuntz. We are located at 310 Randolph Road here in Kansas City, Missouri. We'd love to have you come by and visit us every Sunday. You can find us at Sunday School at 930 and regular services at 11 every Sunday morning. Please come by and make sure you say hello to us and tell everybody that you heard about it on the podcast. Especially the guy back there uh, working in the sound booth uh, area, because that's me. And I'm the one, of course, putting this together. So I'd love to hear that you heard this podcast and you came to visit us. This is a sermon back from May 31st of 2020. It is called The Invitation, or simply Invitation. So here is Pastor Philip Kuntz. Let's now turn to the book of John. Chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. Let's all please stand on and reading this word, if you can. John 3, 16 through 18. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. That, of course, is the most well-known verse of the entire Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten, one and only, one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal, everlasting, never-ending life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son, the one and only Son of God. It explains itself. This is why... I read the other two verses with it because the one verse by itself sometimes is misunderstood, misconstrued. You know, every week after the sermon, there's always beautiful music playing. The songs of the invitation. Today I asked the song director, my mom, I asked her to have all invitational songs that might sound very strange. They have invitational music, all invitational music. I, I personally love those songs. I sing them all the time. I sing invitational songs. I'll be at home, out of nowhere. It probably sounds silly, 
I'll be at the microwave. Not trying to make you hungry. I'll be at the microwave getting you food together, and I'll just be sitting there singing, just as I am. I'll be sitting there getting stuff together, and I'll be whistling. Just whistling hymns and whistling invitational music. Just because it's the most pretty music in the world, I think. It's the most meaningful music. It's beautiful. I love the invitational invitational music. I love the invitation. The invitation is very important. Maybe you know what it is, maybe you don't. An invitation is not just for people to come forward and ask Jesus in the heart. An invitation is when people are supposed to come forward and pray for many things. Perhaps you have sorrows in your life right now. That's what an invitation is for. An invitation is when we are supposed to come forward. You're being invited, invited to come forward. You're invited to come and join the church. You're invited to come forward and pray. You're invited. You are to be invited to come forward to the Lord Jesus Christ and pray today. You're invited to come and let all your sorrows be gone. You're invited to be a part of the family of God. You're invited to get rid of all your sins. You're invited to get rid of all your tears. You're invited to be a part of the rest of us. You're invited to be with Jesus Christ. You might say, I'm already saved. Wonderful. But you're invited to get rid of all the sorrows that you have at this point. That's what invitation is about. I have so much on me, I don't even know what's going on. You're invited to come forward right now and go before the Lord Jesus Christ. Just let go of everything you have. That's the invitation. When I was a little boy, when I was a little boy, I loved the music. I loved to hear it. And sometimes I would sit there and I'd draw throughout the sermon because my mind was the kind that needed to do something to pay attention. And that was fine. But my dad told me, he said, son, during the service, it's not the time to draw. They're in the invitation. Stand up and go along with everyone else. Don't talk to John. I didn't know John was going to be there when I was going to say. Don't talk to John. Don't talk to Jeremy. Don't talk to Seth. I love my friend. Don't talk to them. Don't talk. You be quiet. You sing along. You pray. I say, why, Dad? Why? So the invitation is the most important part. Because that is when the Holy Spirit is speaking to others. The Holy Spirit is speaking to them, inviting them to come forward, inviting them. There might be someone who has something so big on their heart. And if you are busy, if you're busy messing around, fiddling around, yes, my dad's words, he's from Arkansas, fiddling around, he says, you might very well get in the way of the Holy Spirit. They may be distracted by you. He said, don't be busy moving around, doing things that gets in their way. Don't be messing with the door. Don't be walking around. Let the Holy Spirit speak to them. Don't be so busy being in their way. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to others. Now, he knew that I as a child would never have gotten in their way on purpose. He knew that. But he told me the importance of the invitation. It was so vitally important. And so today's sermon is called Invitation. And I say to you today, for those who are home right now, I say the invitation is the most important thing in the world. Today, I invite you to come and join the family of God here at this church, but not at this church. I'm talking about the great church of God, the family of God. You are invited to be a part of the family of God. To all of those who are here, are already a part of the family of God, I say, wonderful. Make sure you're not only invited to be a part of the family of God, but know that you're always to be a part of the family of God. You're invited. Know that it's not just about the invitation at the end of the church service. You are always a part of the family of God. And I say this to you because I know that in this world, many times we don't feel invited. Many times we feel like we're all by ourselves, but you're not by yourself. 
Don't listen to the enemy who tells you you're not a part of the family of God. You are a part of the God, family of God always, no matter what others tell you. You are a part of the family of God. And we are to invite, yes, even you, sweetheart. And we are to invite everyone, everyone to the family of God. We are to invite them, invite everyone to the cross. Invite everyone to the cross, to the tomb, to the everlasting eternal life, to join the family of God. We're to tell them, show them by the way that we live, the way we talk, the way we walk. We're to let them know that they are loved. It's by love that people will know that they are to be a part of the family of God. And everyone is invited. Everyone. It doesn't matter the race. It doesn't matter where they're from. God loves them. And he wants them to be a part of the family of God. There's an old song we used to sing. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Oh, you're going to get tired of me today because I'm going to be quoting a lot of songs. In fact, I might break out in a song like a musical. No, it's not Mary Poppins. But I probably will break out once or twice into tune. And I apologize, but that's just me. Okay, so here we go. Everyone is a sinner. Everyone. Well, are you talking to me, Pastor? Yes, I'm talking to you. And I'm talking to me. Yes, even me. I know I may look perfect, but I'm not perfect. I'm far from perfect. I am. I'm far from perfect. Let me just tell you, everyone is a sinner. Boy, that's so judgmental, the pastor. No, no. It's not judgmental, the pastor. The judge, is it judgment on me? No. I know how to read. I do. Everyone is born into a sinful world. Everyone is born into a sinful world. We are all sinners. Everyone has made mistakes. Everyone. Everybody. Listen now. It says we, all of us, every single one of us make mistakes. For you who right now feel low on yourself. For you right now who feel like I'm no good. Well, yes, you made mistakes, but God loves you despite those mistakes. All of us have made a mistake. All of us have lied. All of us have cheated. All of us maybe have even stolen. But all of those things, and I'm not saying you all have, by the way. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You said I'm a stealer? No, no, I'm not saying you're a thief. I've seen all of us have done these things that lead to other things. Every sin leads to another if we're not careful. If we don't listen to the Holy Spirit, every sin leads to another sin. It just goes up the ladder. It goes to another, and it will lead to another, to another, to another. And if we're not careful, it could, yes, even lead to the worst. The worst of the worst. In our, in our minds, in our eyes, we say this sin is worse than the other. But in God's eyes, our, all sins are equal. But we have to remember that. We may say to ourselves, I'm a good person. Okay. Compared to others, we may be good. Compared to others. But here's the thing. Compared to the true measuring stick of the Lord Jesus Christ, no, we're not. Compared to Jesus Christ, we're not, because Jesus Christ is the only perfection who's ever on this earth. It's Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. He's the only one who we can measure ourselves to. Now, right now, you might measure yourself to me, and I can guarantee you, compared to me, you're probably the best person in the world. Compared to me, now, I'm not talking about how I look or my, my haircut or anything else. I'm not talking about that. I know right now you can look at me and say, oh, man, I'm much better looking than him. That's probably true. But the fact of the matter is, is, and you can probably get on a scale and say, see, I'm a lot, lot better than that guy. But here's the thing. We're not talking about that. The measuring sticks, my mistakes, that's not what you have to measure yourself to. Are other people in the world, you see that guy on TV who made that mistake and that mistake, oh, I'm a lot better than that guy on TV. You know, a lot of people a lot of times watch politics and they say, I'm better than him. Duh. But here's the thing. 
Here's the thing. Those people that we compare ourselves to on television, we're not supposed to put ourselves to the measuring stick of those people. No, we're supposed to put ourselves to the measuring stick of Jesus Christ. And every single one of us, we're down. Why? He's the only profession that ever has been. He's the one that we're judged to. Not to me, not to you, but to him. To him. He's the one, the only one. Romans 3.23, and I quote it all the time. I quote it all the time. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 3.10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Not one. I love what John 3.36. John 3.36. He who believes in the Son has eternal life. He who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. The wrath of God remains on him. You know, but some people have kind of a holier-than-mouth way of thinking in this age. We shouldn't do that. We should actually be sad. Sad for those who are going to die and go to hell. We should be sad for those who don't know Jesus Christ. We should think and pray for them all the time. I know I do. And so when we think about those people, we should continuously think, Lord God, please, please continue to send someone. And by the way, that may not be you. But what we can do is show love to them, pray for them, continuously be there for them, try to show them love. Yes, they may be hateful to you. That doesn't mean to just to, to allow them to continue to kick you. It does, however, mean to show love and walk on. I pray that the Holy Spirit sends someone to their life continuously. And so we know this, that Jesus was born in this world absolutely perfect. And because of the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ was born. Because the Holy Spirit impregnated Mary. And Mary became expecting. And Jesus lived and died never sinning. He did all these things. Now, why did sin come into this world? Well, we already know that. We know why sin came into this world, but I'm going to read this to you from the book of Romans, chapter 5. You can read it with me if you want. Romans chapter 5, verses 12 through 21. 5, 12 through 21. Therefore, as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, so death has spread to all men because all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not counted when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned in the likeness of Adam's sin, who was a type of him, talking about the Lord, who was to come, talking about Jesus. Uh, but the free gift is not like the trespass, for if through the trespass of one man many died, then how much more has the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many? The gift is not like the result that, through, that came through the one who sinned. For the judgment from one sin led to condemnation. But the free gift which came after many trespasses leads to justification. For if by one man's trespass death reign through him, then how much more will those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one Jesus Christ? Therefore, just as through the trespass of one man came condemnation for all men, so through the righteousness, excuse me, so through the righteous act of one 
came justification of life for all men. For just as through one man disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one, the many will be made righteous. But the law entered so that sin might increase. But where sin increased, grace abounded much more. So that just as sin reigned in death, grace might reign through righteousness unto eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Many people do wrong. And they know they're doing wrong. They do. But Jesus Christ came to live and die perfectly for us. For those who ask Jesus in heart, we're saved. We're saved through the blood of Jesus Christ and we know that. And there are many people out there who believe that believing Jesus lived is how they're saved. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. There are many people who die today thinking they're going to heaven because they believe that Jesus lived. That's not how it works at all. And so I say this to you today. If there's anyone out there today who has not said the prayer of salvation, I prayed with all the heart to ask Jesus in your heart. Do that today. Because if you were to die today, you would go to heaven. It's not funny. It's not a joke. I lost a cousin this weekend. It can happen in a split second. You never know what's going to happen. Death comes so very quickly. And you never know what's going to happen. But when it does, you're gone. And eternity will last forever. Forever. And you need to know that you have asked Jesus to save you from your sins, for all of sin, on towards the glory of God. But if you have not taken the time to ask Jesus to save you, you will forever regret it. Forever. Don't take that chance. Ask Jesus to save you now. We've recently spoken. We've recently spoken about the end times. We've recently spoken about heaven. And I'll talk to you about that here in just a moment. But we've spoken about how wonderful heaven's going to be and how hard the end times are going to be. But when you have Jesus Christ, you don't have to worry about those things because you're going to have Jesus Christ and he's going to give you so much more than that. So we see in 1 Corinthians 15, 22, it's all given to us about Adam. Sin King says this. For if Adam all died, he was so in Christ all be made alive. You see, Jesus is softly and tenderly calling out for you today. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. Calling for you and for me. He's saying, oh sinner, come home. His arms are open wide. Just like they were on the cross for you. His arms are open wide. When I think of Jesus Christ rising from the dead, I often think of his arms open wide. I think of the light shining through his hands. Because they were, you know holes in his hands. Think of that for just a second. The light shining through. Those arms are open wide for you. Come home to me. Come home to me. And you might very well be thinking, but I'm not good enough. You're not. It's not about what you can do for yourself. He loves you. He wants you right now. Come home to him. The question you have to ask is, are you prepared to leave this world? Not how you can leave this but how are you going to go? Are you prepared for it? I just mentioned that I had someone I love who, who passed away this week. We never know. We know what happened 
We know that the situation in the news in Minneapolis that someone passed away, it happened so quickly. Are you prepared to leave this world? As I said a while ago, we spoke about heaven a couple weeks ago. One of the things going to be in heaven, and then there's the other place, hell, which was not prepared for you. It was prepared for Satan. And many people are going to go there because they will not ask Jesus to save them. Are we prepared to go to heaven? Or are we prepared to go to hell? Which one are we going to go to? We didn't spoke about the end times and all the things that are going to happen. We spoke about that. We need to know where we're going to go. We're going to one way into heaven. Only one way to get through all these things. That's what Jesus Christ. There is no other way. People come up with all sorts of things. They come up with all sorts of ways in their own mind. There's the only one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. There's no other way. I mean, it would be nice to say, well, I'm nice enough. I've sold enough Girl Scout cookies. No, I have. I've eaten plenty, but I've never sold one. The point is, is it's not by our works that we get there. How are we supposed to go to Jesus Christ? Just as I am. Come just as I am, without one plea, but that thou blood, your blood, Lord Jesus Christ, was shed for me. All that he did for us. You can't earn your way. It's not by the law. And by law, folks, we're talking about the commandments that God has given. We just spoke about that. It's by the law. The law that God gave to us, we cannot follow them completely through. Why did he give it to them then? If, if God knew that they could not live it all the way through, first of all, it was about being obedient to God. Not about perfection. Because he already knew that he was going to have to bring perfection through himself to his son. He knew that. But he wanted to show them the right way to live. That's why he gave the law. That's why he gave the Ten Commandments. So he, they would have an ideal rules to follow by. Be obedient to me. Show your obedience. You're not going to be perfect. You're not going to be perfect. But I will be through my son, and I'm going to send him in time. That's why he gave the law, so they could be obedient. We're to be obedient to his law of the word. You can't earn your way. In fact, it says in Galatians chapter 2, 15 through 16, and Talking about this, Paul is uh, to the Galatians. He says, We are Jews by nature and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a man is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have yet to know that a man, excuse me, uh, excuse me, even we have believed in Jesus Christ so that we might be justified by faith in Christ rather than by works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. Galatians 2.21 says, I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness comes by the law, then Christ died in vain. In other words, you can't save yourself. You can't be saved by the things that you do, but we're to be obedient to show that we love the Lord who did it for us. We're to be obedient because we love the Lord. Romans 6.14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. We don't have to live in sin anymore. When we become saved, we know that we are not under the sin anymore because Jesus Christ loved us so much that we live under his love, not the law, but by his love that he can help us to get rid of all these things. We can get rid of all these things that have had us in chains for all this time. Right now, you may think you're not good enough to be saved. I'm here to tell you that Christ is good enough to save you. I'm not good enough to be saved. True. Christ is good enough to save you. But I have all these sins in my life. I lie. I cheat and I steal. That was the theme song from an old wrestler. You know what? 
That might be true. But guess what? You may lie, you may cheat, you may steal, but Christ is good enough to get rid of all those things. But it's not easy to get rid of all these habits. Well, guess what? Christ can help you get rid of those habits when you're obedient to him. Yes, yes, he can help you get rid of those things. I have had habits myself. I'm not going to tell you all of them. We want to know, Pastor. Oh, that's not something. But I'm not going to tell you all the habits I've had. I will tell you this, though. God has helped me with the habits I've had. God helps me. I still have to work on them. I have to die to myself daily, just like you do. Pastor, you don't know how bad I can be. Well, you know what? I don't need to know. God knows. God knows, and God also knows that through him, when you die yourself daily and go to him every day, he can be with you and help you every day to get up and to be better. Absolutely. Come just as you uh, are to him. And he also knows that, Jesus, I come to you. When we come to him every single day, that we have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Keep on keeping on. No turning back. Keep going with Jesus Christ. He's going to take care of us. He most certainly is. Because as it says, we're talking about being saved again. When it says this in Romans 10, 9 through 10, this is one of my all-time favorite uh, scriptures. It says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness, and one confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. You're saved because you believe in your heart, not because of things that you do. You know that you're saved. All those other things God's going to take care of. God will take care of you. Through every day or all the way, he will take care of you. God will take care of you. I told you I was going to sing. Not like I didn't warn you. It's going to happen. There is no salvation in any other but through Jesus Christ. I told you. I told you. People try to tell you, oh, you can be saved through Buddha. No, you can't. You can see a fat man either here or through Buddha. But let me tell you something. You can see a fat man, but you can't be saved through Buddha. And he'd tell you that too, incidentally. Acts 4.12, there is no salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Not can, must be saved. John 14.6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Mark 16.16, 16, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. We need to remember these things. We don't want to be condemned to hell forever. If right now you're thinking, I, I don't know where I'm going to go when I leave this world. That doesn't have to be the case anymore. It doesn't have to be the case anymore. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Oh, boy, I could go on forever. You know what's sad? I got all these scriptures. I got so many more at home that I did not use. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. I got so many. 1 Timothy 2, 5. There is no God and, excuse me, there is one God, pardon me, there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. The man Christ Jesus. There is no other way unto the Lord but through Jesus Christ. No other way. And when we realize this, what is it we say to him? Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. We know that God can change us from within. And we say, 
Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Mold me and make me master today. Mold me and make me master today. Again, we say, but Lord, I'm not good enough. I got too many mistakes, too many mistakes, too many mistakes for the master. He who created the world. No, the Lord could do it, but we have to want to be changed. We have to want to be changed. He can change us, change our habits and our problems and keep us from growing spiritually. I've spoken about these things many times before, and I'm sure I will again. The fact of the matter is, is that God can change you. He can change us from the inside out. He can take care of us. You can't do it on your own. That's for certain. You can't do it on your own and you won't. Oh, you'll try. And for a whole half a day, you might. For a whole two minutes, you say, hey, I'm a brand new person. And then you'll mess up again. Why? Because you're human. But he who lives within you can do this. He can change you, your habits, your problems, all those things that you have. Romans 6, 1 through 2 says this. You can write these down if you want. You don't have to. But it does help. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may increase? God forbid. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? No. We know that we're saved by grace. But we also know that it's hard to grow spiritually if you continue to do both. It's like jumping in and out of hot and cold water. I mean, hot water, cold water, hot water, cold water, hot water, cold water. Which water am I in? I don't know anymore. The fact of the matter is, is you need to either do right or do wrong. Don't do both. You get confused after a while. Have you ever done that? You try to do both of I'm on a diet. I'm not on a diet. I'm on a diet. I'm not on a diet. I'm on a diet. I'm not on a diet. Well, I don't know why I can't lose weight. Well, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Because one day you're on slim fast, and the next minute you're, you're eating stickers. You know exactly what the problem is. Make a decision. Make a decision. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. A new creature. Old things have passed away. Look. All things have become new. You're to become completely new. We're not to be half lost, half saved. We're to be all brand new. This doesn't come easy. We know that. Holy Spirit's there for us. Jesus is there, changing us, molding us, making us. James 2.18. This is just part of it. Write down James chapter 2, verse 14 through 26, because it talks about our faith and it talks about works. But it says this, verse 18. But a man may say, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. This doesn't say that you get saved by your works. This is simply saying that when you have faith and you follow the Lord God, your works become better. Why? Because you're following God. He's molding you and he's making you. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Not my way, Lord, your way. Mold me and make me master today. And you know what? When it gets hard, and it will, when you're being obedient, Satan's going to throw everything in your way. Oh, he will. Traps are plenty. You know what your temptations are. It might be different than mine, but he's going to throw everything in your way. Everything to try to stop you. But guess what? God will be there for you through every day or all the way. He will be there for you. God will be there for you. He will. He most certainly will be there for you. He's going to help you to grow. And by the way, those temptations are going to help you grow. When you say no to them and yes to God, they're going to help you to grow, to mold you, to make you what you need to be. What you need to be. And in all those things, you know what we're going to say? Lord God, I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior. 
I surrender all. It says in John 1.12, Yet to all who received him, he gave the power to become sons of God. To those who believed in his name, God gave us his power. This doesn't mean that we are him. This doesn't mean that we can walk on water. Oh, that would be great, wouldn't it? To walk on water. I would love that. I would. I would love that. But we, do, we don't do that. That means that we have the ability to say no to sin. We have the ability to lean on him when we need him. We have the ability to lean upon the Lord Jesus Christ. We are not alone. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He's with us continuously. Oh, it would, you know what's funny? In the flesh, we like to say, I can't help myself. Why? That's a lie to ourselves. We can say no. We oftentimes don't wish to say no. If we're honest with ourselves. Well, I can't help it. I have to have this. I have to have that. I have to get mad and say something I shouldn't say. I have to tell that person what for. They cut in front of me at, at Walmart. I have no choice. I have to. I'm, a, I'm only human. No, you're not only human. No, you're not. You're not only human anymore. And but let me tell you something. You get too mad, you don't seem like a human anymore. But the thing is, is you don't have to go to the flesh. You can stay in the spirit of the Lord God. You can do that. God is with you. Surrender your all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. But it's not easy. No, it's not easy. But with the Holy Spirit, it is capable. I surrender all. Romans 8, 38-39. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, neither angels nor principalities nor powers, neither things present nor things to come, neither height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God. I'll say it again. From the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The love of God. That the love of the Lord God be with us. The agape love. That agape love can help us to say no to temptation. And I want to tell you something. I, I get tempted a lot. When I see people say things that irk me. And you may not be able to tell, but I can be irked. I can be irked. I can be just like purple. I can be irked. I can want to say things a lot. Uh, and a lot of times I, I want to go off on people. Did I do that? Yeah, I, I believe me. I want to do a lot of things, but I don't. Because many times I, I start to, to type things when I see things online. I like to type in words of no. But I want to. I can't help. I said, yes, you can. Okay. All right. You're right, Lord. Don't lie to yourself. A lot of times people say things to me. Oh, but they need to hear the truth. Yeah, but they don't necessarily need to hear that from you. Because that's not the truth. That's you. But Lord, I want to, but you don't need to. Isn't it hard? Isn't it hard to fight self? It really is. It's like a wrestling ring. Oh, that's really difficult. Believe me, it is. But you don't have to say those things. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Because you know what's going to happen? If you give in to the flesh, you're going to be angry at yourself. You'll wish you had listened to the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll wish you had listened. And then when you're, you're going to get mad when you do give in to it. And you will probably sometimes give in to it. And when you give in to it, you're going to be like, why? Why did I do that? And you know what you're going to hear? The Holy Spirit's going to say, because you didn't listen to me. And you say, all right, Lord. I know next time I'm going to. And then the next time when you don't, you say, why did I do that? Because you didn't listen to me. All right, Lord. Next time I'm going to listen, you're going to go on again and again and again. Until finally, finally we listen to the Spirit, not to the flesh. Until finally we say what needs to be said, I surrender all. Not 50%, not 75%, all. I surrender all. 
That's right, honey, all. <laughs> Last, not least, I put these scriptures together to say to those who don't know the Lord. To those who don't know the Lord, I say this to you. These scriptures. Because I know there are people out in this world that who knows, maybe today you're, you're tuning in, maybe it's not live, maybe it's some other time. Maybe you question whether you know Jesus Christ or not. You can call me anytime. 816-591-9303. I don't care if it's 3 a.m. Call me. I love you and the Lord Jesus Christ. Call me. I want you to be my brother and sister in Christ. It's very important. There's nothing more important. If I don't call you now, I'll call you later. Give me a call. I care about you. I want you to be I want you to be angry. Life is too short. Death comes quickly. Eternity is great. I want you to know the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to say this to you. Romans 3, 23 and 24. For all have sinned, fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. For the wages of sin is death, gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Romans 6.23, put them all together, spelling it out for you. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, from all all unrighteousness. John 6, 37. All whom the Father gives me will come to me. Listen to this now. Comes to me, and he who comes to me, I will never cast out. I will never cast out. You will be with Jesus Christ forever. Forever. He will never let you go. You'll be with him forever in the kingdom of heaven. Be family with the Lord God. I will be with you. Not because I deserve it. But because I received it. Same with my brothers and sisters here today. We are family. We are family. We will be in heaven together as we spoke about a couple weeks ago. We will not have to worry about the end times because we will be with the Lord Jesus Christ. We have been saved because of the blood of Jesus. Because of the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am not concerned. No matter what happens, I have faced death many, many times. I have looked death right in the face, and I am not concerned. Most of you know, many of you know, those who are watching right now, seven brain surgeries, many times looking right at it. I'm not worried. Whenever it happens, it happens. It's going to happen, but I'm not worried. Many of times I've had other concerns. I'm not worried about it. It's going to happen. But you know what? Whenever you go to it, you know when you are with the Lord God, he is with you. It's going to happen. But when you know you have Jesus Christ in your heart, you know where you're going to be. I am not concerned because God is with me. And when he is with me, it doesn't matter who is against me. God is with me and he will always be with me. And I know where I'm going and I hope you do too. Come with us. Come with us. Come with us to the Lord Jesus Christ's home. I cannot wait to go there. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is called. Come just as I am. Come I have decided to follow Jesus. Have thine own way, Lord. I surrender all. Answer today. 
the invitation that Jesus Christ has given to you to have a close, personal relationship to him. Come to him. Whatever he speaks to you today, come to him just as he is. He'll take care of the rest. Let's bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, Jesus, we thank you so much for calling out to us. We thank you, Lord God, for understanding us inside and out, for always loving us despite the fact that, Lord, we don't deserve it. We know that. But Lord God, for those right now who do not know you as your personal and Savior, who don't quite understand the prayer, I pray that they will pray that from the heart, that it is the attitude of the heart, not the words. And I pray that they will speak it, and that they will receive you as a Lord and Savior. For those who already have, I pray they will follow you, be obedient to you, do what you are telling them and leading them to do. If there be anyone here today who needs to come forward, has something that they need to pray to you about, that they will understand that they have nothing to fear, that they just need to be obedient to you, do what their heart is leading them to do, what the Holy Spirit is leading them to do. I pray that we will, we will do this, Lord God, not just one day a week, but every single day, every moment of the day, be obedient to die to ourselves and live for you. In Jesus' holy and precious name I do pray. Amen.